You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, 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 Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. And we are here on a very special night, Brain, because... For the second straight show, it's not just me and you. For the second straight show, we got a special guest here on the same old Dolphin show. So for everybody listening on demand and everybody watching live, and Aaron, please give a warm same old Dolphin show welcome to our special guest. He is El Capitan, Chris Adams of the Finns Tailgate. Chris, how are you? What's happening? What's going on? I appreciate it. What, what a red carpet rollout, man. I wasn't prepared for all that. So, uh, no, nah, man, you so we don't much. do anything halfway over here. No, we I see that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fireworks and everything. Great. That's right. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to go from, from the conductor of the Chris Greer hype train to the to El Capitan this week. Yeah, there we go. Because I, <laughs> you know, we were talking backstage a little bit. You're not as high on Chris Greer as I am. I guess you have your doubts. Yeah, and we're going to have that, that conversation coming up. That's a nice little teaser. See, yeah. it's almost like you got somebody on the show tonight that knows what he's doing here with <laughs> us. Yeah, that's a little teaser for what we're going to get into in a little bit here on the show. Uh, but So a special episode. Obviously, we're coming up to the draft later this week, and it's not as exciting as a time as it's been the last couple of years. Dolphins don't have a bundle of picks in the first couple of rounds like they've had in the past few years, so we're going to have to wait a little while before the Dolphins make their first selection. So we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the draft. We're going to talk about what it is that the Dolphins need to uh, focus on. But, you know, on this show, we're not big draft Knicks. We've never been, like, huge draft guys. That's not kind of what we do here but we're going to talk a little bit about what the areas that the Dolphins kind of need to explore filling in the draft are maybe we'll touch on some of who those some of those candidates there but we're going to talk a little bit about the draft we're going to talk about Chris Greer and and what he has done so far not just this offseason but since he has been elevated to the role of general manager for the Miami Dolphins. And then, you know, maybe we'll talk about some other things here in the world of the Miami Dolphins too. But either way, we're going to talk about it all here on the same old Dolphin show. But before we go any further, quick reminder, if you're not doing so already, make sure you're following us on Twitter. I am at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. He is at the Finns Tailgate. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. And make sure you download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, every 
everywhere that you get your podcast. And of course, you got to make sure that you are subscribed to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. So shout out to everybody watching live on YouTube. They're in the comments. They're here. We're loving it. Uh, we appreciate you. And if you're in the comments right now, go ahead and drop a line in the comments. Let us know who it is that you are looking for the Dolphins to draft at 102, or maybe you'd like them to package 102 and 125. Maybe some of the sevens move up a little bit. Tell us what you're looking for the Dolphins to do in the draft in the comments. If you're watching live, if you're listening on demand, let us know. Leave us a five-star rating and a positive review. And tell us what you'd like the Dolphins to do in the draft. But of course, big thing, make sure you subscribe to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. Smash the like button on this video. We appreciate you very much and turn on notifications so you never miss a live episode from all of us at Dolphins Talk. So here we are. It's draft time. Draft time coming up for the Dolphins. And as I mentioned, not a ton of picks this year. Dolphins don't have their first pick until the tail end of the third round. That's pick number 102. They then have a fourth round pick, 125, and then they've got two seventh round picks, 224 and 247. So it's going to be, you know, probably quieter, but not necessarily because, you know, Chris, as we've as we've talked about sort of before we we went live here, uh, Chris Greer is known for making some moves when he is uh, when 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 the Dolphins are on the clock, even a little bit before that, we know he likes to make moves on draft day. So are you expecting him to play it straight here? Or do you think, you know, he's going to have a few tricks up his sleeve? You know, I think we've been really spoiled come draft time. Dolphins fans for the last few years, we've controlled these drafts in one way or another. And really not to just a little extra teaser on the Chris Greer subject. You know, he's kind of changed the game a little bit on how people, conduct themselves during the draft everyone's i don't i don't want to say they're copying his model but between tearing the team down and and stacking these draft picks and okay yeah the browns kind of did some stuff like that and so have you know the tanking with the jaguars which they both those teams misuse those opportunities i would say in a lot of ways maybe not so much the browns we'll see how that works out but um i can expect chris Greer to do something yeah i wouldn't I wouldn't bet him to play it straight. Even in the mid rounds, you know, he'll move something up or move something back or anything like that. You know, I, I think it was today the uh, the uh, Patriots traded a fifth round pick for a sixth and a seventh today. So that's just how they get down. I don't know why you would move it around like that, but that's why they like to do it. And Chris Greer has never idly sat by in a draft ever. So, yeah, he's he's pretty active on draft day. Brain, any thoughts on on how Chris Greer is going to approach this one? So, look, none of us. I know, Josh, you and I, you know, we've talked for years that we're not big draft guys. Obviously, we get a little bit more excited when the Dolphins have a bunch of top 100 picks. So we get a little bit more into it, uh, you know, and breaking things down and listening to a lot of opinions this year. Obviously, not one of those years. Chris, we were talking prior to the to the show here in our little production meeting uh and and you know you're not you don't watch a lot of college either so we're mm-hmm. not big we're not huge draft guys but that doesn't mean that we don't have opinions on what this team should be doing in general going into this draft and i know that you know everybody 
is saying, look, we've got two needs, three needs, uh, you know, center, linebacker, running back. That's what mm-hmm. everybody wants to see us do. Like, we've got four picks. Let's let's use them on those things. And I think it's important to note that when you look at what Chris Greer has done since he's been the GM, when he's reached on guys because he wants to fill a specific position, that's when the picks have not really turned out that great. When he reached on Austin Jackson because we needed a tackle and he said, well, this is the top guy on our board at tackle. So we're going to take him, even though, you know, he probably shouldn't be picked there. Well, here we are the third year of Austin Jackson, and we're hoping that he can win a starting job. I don't even, some of us are hoping that he's not going to win the starting job because we've lost complete faith in him. Um, You have, uh, we reached on Noah Igbenogany because Brian Flores said we need to have corners. And so they reached on him, even though the general consensus was he was not a first round pick. That hasn't worked out. We traded up again. We were in desperate need of getting a tackle. We traded up and drafted Liam Eichenberg. Now, Liam Mm -hmm. Eichenberg, the jury's still out on him. But I think we would all sit here and say, looking at it right now, would you have traded a third round, an extra third round pick? to move up into the second round and draft Liam Eikenberg? No, I, I don't think anybody would do that if, if we had to do it all over again. That said, when he's gone the route of taking the general consensus guy, Jalen Waddell, Jalen Phillips, it's worked out. I mean, even Javon Holland, I'll say this, was not necessarily the general consensus, but he was not a reach. No. Uh, But another guy that I think was a reach and a surprise last year was Hunter Long. And he couldn't even get on the field on a team that had, you know, five tight ends. He couldn't beat out Durham Smythe and Adam Shaheen or Seathan Carter, for that matter. So, I mean, like when when Chris Greer has reached on guys, it has not worked out. So I want to see him not pigeonhole himself into – it's we've got to get a running back, a center and and a linebacker in this draft, because let's face it, you've got a third round pick, a fourth round pick and two seventh round picks. The odds are that these guys are not going to pan out if you reach on these guys. So I think what you have to do is you've got to take the best player available, because let's be honest, save for quarterback. I don't know that there's a single position that you would say. Oh, the Dolphins don't need an upgrade there. They don't, the Dolphins don't need depth there. So whether it's offensive line, whether it's wide receiver, running back, defensive line, we certainly need depth. Obviously, if the best player on the board is a linebacker or a running back, then that's a beautiful thing. That they, It falls right into your lap that way. But like, if the best player on the board is a defensive back, give me the defensive back. Uh, I think it's very important for the Dolphins to come out of this draft with some players that are not are going to make the team and can actually make a difference, as opposed to we're drafting a linebacker because because it's a it's a position of need and the linebacker can't even beat out Brennan Scarlett. 
But so, so this is it. This is the interesting thing, though, because what you're saying is the Dolphins need to draft a, a player in a position that they need in order to have somebody who is instantly a contributor. Right. But where? No, the no, no, are, no, 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 no. That's not what I heard. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that if you get a player, there will be a spot for him because there's not anywhere on this roster. Like, I mean, if let's say it's a wide receiver. It's yeah. not like he's got to beat out Cedric Wilson and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. He's just got to beat out Lynn Bowden Jr. Yep. Like the kid, uh, shout out Charlie Touche, and we just talked about that. Uh, David Bell, who before we got Tyreek Hill was very high on my list. I know he fell far down the the draft board because of his terrible combine numbers, but I, I agree. You know, if you get a David Bell, whose whose job is he really taking? It's, it's competition. I think a perfect storm would be, uh, you know, if again, like you said, if it's a guy in a position of need and they happen to fall to us, that would be great. Like the center from Boston College, Alec Lindenstorm, he falls right to us in the third round, or if he's in striking distance in the third round and they use some of those sevens or maybe something in the future to move up a couple of picks because they're worried about someone in between them and wherever they're trying to get, maybe taking them. I would find that to be savvy. We've seen us get jumped for the running back. Uh, what's his name? That went to Denver last year when we all wanted that running back. Um, Javante Williams. Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were like, God, dude, if we, you know, we got jumped right over and we would have liked that. Um, but Chris Greer's had good luck in the middle rounds as well. You know, Jerome Baker, um, even, uh, you know, even even some of the guys as of recent always be contributors. Van Ginkle, don't get me wrong. There's guys that never even made the, the cut, but he's done okay with the middle rounds. And I'm hoping, look, this is a, this is a terrible draft. Everybody's consensus says this is the best draft to have four draft picks in. And nobody wants the top five picks. Everyone's trying to trade out because the same value you're going to get in the first five to 10 picks, you're going to find between 10 and 20 potentially, you know, quarterback terrible. This, this draft has got in inconsistent data because of COVID and how these kids came into college during COVID. And it, it really put this to me, this was the year we were going to get the most inconsistent data from college players because of the last two years and how sports operated. And so most of them, not most of them, but some of them, it's just a flash in the pan or other ones. It's they didn't get that shining moment because maybe things didn't work out for them. Maybe they're good, but then a five-star recruit comes in and they split time. So there might be, there might be some hidden gems in here. Um, But I do like the idea of BPA, but we got to hand it to Chris Greer. He's, he's now made that, possible where we are sitting in a third round you let fall who comes to you um if if it was me i'm hoping that in the third round alec the the center from boston were able to snag him up maybe chad muma the the linebacker everybody's high on i think he's pretty good maybe in the fourth round the kid the running back one of these running backs falls down further and next thing you know we've plugged in some role guys and we're good to go you know Kenyon Drake was picked in the third round. It's it's true. The Dolphins have had some success with late right. I mean, somebody in so I asked the question um, in uh, on Twitter before the show. And shout out uh, at Sam Old Dolphins if you're not following us, get on it, follow us. Uh, but I sent out a tweet earlier and I said just I was curious 
ahead of the show, what position would you like to see the Dolphins address at 102 or earlier or later if you think they should trade up or down? And I, I did my best to kind of represent everything, you know, so I had first category was running back and wide receiver. The second category was linebacker, defensive line. Third category was secondary. Fourth category was offensive line. 48.6% of respondents said linebacker or defensive line, right? Uh, 44% said offensive line, 6.4% receiver and running back, and uh, 0.9% mentioned the secondary, which I thought was really interesting that you know, what's kind of what we talked about in our episode with with Charlie Brain is that uh, secondary. I was surprised to hear that that was where he kind of was thinking in terms of guys that the that the Dolphins might be looking for in the third round. But at any rate, somebody uh, somebody said, and I'll, I'll I'll even give him a shout out here. Uh, JB on Twitter at JB zero one, two, three WXYZ, which is a fun handle. He says, trade back to pick one thirteen and try middle linebacker. Like it's 1991 all over again. You know what he's referencing here? Yes. He's referencing 1991 where the dolphins at pick 113 in the third round drafted a middle linebacker by the name of Brian Cox. Mm -hmm. And the rest of that draft was, I mean, that was where the Dolphins drafted Randall Hill in the first round. And, yeah. you know, that famously did not go terribly well. <laughs> I mean, really, in that 91 draft, Brian Cox was the only guy that the Dolphins got out of it. But listen, if the Dolphins at 102 this year or, or 125 got the next Brian Cox, I mean, you'd have to be pretty happy with how this draft turns out, wouldn't you? Sure. I mean, Brian Cox was a was a solid player, fringe, fringe Pro Bowl player. Um, And that's that's kind of what you're looking for. And like like I said, if if the chips fall in the right way, where the best you get a guy with that kind of upside at a position of need, then it's a no brainer. But, you know, if if the best linebacker on the on the board, you've got a fourth round grade on uh, and and the best player on the board is, you know, a, a corner. Like you're crazy. I mean, it, like you got a third round grade or even a second round grade on a corner, and, and you're going to pass up on him because you, because you're you're going to say that linebacker is a need. It's just it's just insane to me because first off, you can't have enough corners. Second of all, I mean, we're an injury away from relying on Noah Igbenogany this year. Uh, look, I know everybody loves, you know, that we've got X and we've got Byron Jones and we've got Javon Holland and, you know, Roe is a solid safety and and Brandon Jones plays his role. And those five guys are like, that's your that's your starting secondary. But what ha- like you're going to have injuries and you're going to need to rely on the guys behind them. God forbid, you know, you have a serious injury to a guy like X or Byron Jones. Like, y- you've got to have a continue, and, and that's not to say that you're drafting a guy in the third round and saying we're expecting this guy to to be the contingency plan for for Xavier Howard or anything like that. But you've just got to get players you, because you could get a linebacker, and if he sucks, what difference does it make that he's a linebacker? Yeah, you're not going to try to get one to let him sit and simmer. Hopefully, he's somebody that can 
you know, take some snaps and who knows, maybe even win the starting job as it goes down. I, I see what you're saying. As far as DBs go, I think I think fans feel very comfortable with with the DB room because of Javon Holland, you know, uh, Brandon Jones playing an, a, a good, you know, clip in the safety role. Nick Needham, we know, is versatile and he even played some safety last year. So we feel comfortable with that. And Trill Williams, everyone's really high on as far as him making his presence felt. And we do all of the great work out of our out of our secondary unit with our one our first overall pick, uh, not first overall, but one of our first round picks in Noah Benogany never being on the field. If we can get any juice out of this kid at all and find him, you know, serviceable in the DB. With, we've had success in finding some undrafted guys or even guys late in the round to hopefully grow into some kind of role. Also, I think, you know, I think everybody's high on having Patrick Sertan and, uh, uh, you know, the, the team back together back there running that whole deal. Because if that's the one unit on defense, I don't think we're going to see it take a step back. Unless there's massive injury, you know what I'm saying? That's it. That's what it yeah. would take. No, I agree with you. I, and I, I'm, I'm on board with that. I, I love the uh, Sam Madison and Pat Sertan being back together, uh, coaching up the secondary. I think that's fantastic for nostalgia reasons. And hopefully it works out uh, for, for coaching reasons as well. Uh, but, you know, I, 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 I see the point. We, we've got to bulk up the defense here. I mean, we got a comment in the comment in the comments. Go figure. Comment in the That's comments. where they usually come in. A comment mm-hmm. in the comments from from Mike Skalski, who's watching here live. He says, "If we do some sh- some trades, we can't forget the defense." And that leads me to a question from Josh Ritter on YouTube, and he says, "If Nicobe Dean falls to day two, would you be good with the Dolphins?" making putting a package together to trade up to get him. I don't know if that's going to be something that is going to be within the Dolphins reach because I mean, they would really have to probably move up to early round two to get him. Um, this is the linebacker from, from Georgia for those who aren't familiar with Nicobe Dean. But if the, with the Dolphins being at 102 and 125, they might have to look into using some of next year's draft capital to move up to get to, Nicobe Dean. And if they've got eyes on a player like that and they believe that that is somebody who can, you know, be an impact player, but I mean, then by all means go for it. But if you start using some of that premium draft capital that the Dolphins have next year in order to move up this year, you're looking at something very different from mm-hmm. what you would expect from that player as opposed to somebody that you're drafting at 102. And I've said, we've said on this podcast all the time we, t- we talked about it in last off season when you've got all that draft capital it's good for a few different things with, with those picks you can use those picks to draft players you can trade them for more draft picks or you can trade them for other players right that that you already know we've seen this season already the dolphins have traded those picks for another player bringing in tyreek hill we saw last year they traded those picks for more picks. They've, I mean, this is Chris Greer wheeling and dealing. So that's the question. How would you feel about the Dolphins putting a package together to trade up into probably, you know, realistically the early second round to get a guy like Nicobe Dean if he were to fall out of day one? Chris, I'll go to you first. So if it's a hypothetical and we're we're going to put like a number of what the cost would be. So say it's anywhere in the second round, but it costs all the draft picks of this year plus the third from New England. 
then yeah, I'd say go get it. You know, if that could happen, if you told me these draft picks and the third for New England to go get a, a player like Nakobe Dean, somebody who you're ex- you're expecting to win a starting role by, before the year, year is done, not to mention, uh, and I say this a lot on my show, you know, a lot of people give Jerome Baker some trouble because he loses on some snaps. But if Jerome Baker went down in this defense, you would see how valuable that guy is from what they ask him to do. So um, just having a future on, on, you know, our linebacking unit, it would be nice for a guy like Nicobe Dean to be on this football team. But again, you know, showing some love to Chris Greer as I, as I do kind of often is I, I have full faith that even after the draft, you're going to see cuts. You're going to see undrafted guys. He's been able to find, uh, you know, free agents and UDFAs that have put in good, good work for this team. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys come on this team and get cut and have starting roles in the NFL that we're wondering why didn't why aren't they on our football team, especially on the offensive line. Chris Greer himself said that this offensive line is deep. So he might be thinking of some of these guys later down in the draft as far as offensive line goes. Um, I, I do like to me, if you had to put what was number one and number two, it's it's center and, and linebacker one, a one B that that's pretty easy to shout. But if you're sitting there with that third pick and one of these top running backs is sitting there, like you said, or one of these top DBs, then yeah, you just, you just, you worry about that later. You know, it's a third Absolutely. round pick. At a certain point, you got, and we've we've seen Chris Greer has no problem with shooting first and asking questions later. We've seen mm-hmm. that before. Brain, what are your thoughts on that? So, not just Nicoba Dean, but also you know, like if if it's a defensive lineman, whoever, what really whatever the player is, like you don't have very many picks and you don't have very many needs to fill because this is where you're at at the team building process now. You're not at that process now where you need 11 draft picks to to fill out your roster. So it's the same way the philosophy needed to be this free this offseason and free agency, target your guys and get your guys, the draft should be the same way. You don't have very many picks, but you do have ammunition. And you don't need to – look, you got two first-round picks next year, and you don't really need to use those to get up into the second round. But you have a second-round pick next year, and you have two third-round picks next year. And you're going to have not very much uh, in the way of uh, you know cap space at the end of this year. The majority of your roster is going to be the same this year to next year. So you're not going to – I mean, with all the draft picks you have next year, you're probably not going to use all of those. So if you've got a guy – that's there in the second round. Like if, if this is a guy that you can add to your defensive line, which I, I think is another position that should not be overlooked. And I think a lot of people in the comment section and a lot of people on Twitter are right. When you look at uh, our depth on the D line, it's not great. There's it's very top heavy. I mean, everybody loves our starting defensive line with, you know, Christian Wilkins and Raekwon Davis in the middle and Jalen Phillips on one end and and Emmanuel Ogba on the other end. And they like that Sealer is that guy that can fill in on the inside. But then what do you have? I mean, Jenkins is a good good stopgap kind of guy and filler, but it's not a future. You're right. And plus, you got to think, are are the Dolphins going to pay Christian Wilkins all that money? Because you know he's going to demand big time money. 
Yeah, and that so that's another thing that needs to be considered and another reason why defensive line should really be a priority aside from the fact that defensive line just in general is extremely important. Uh, like you, you talk all, all the time, we talk about how the game of football is won in the trenches and the Dolphins have lost on the offensive line for decades now because the game is won and lost in the trenches and the Dolphins have sucked on that side of the field. But we've been pretty good on the defensive, on the defensive side of the, wall, of the ball because we've been pretty consistent about putting together a good defensive line. We have a nice top-heavy defensive line, but if you can add yourself another player to put into that rotation and another player that can give you a contingency plan, if it doesn't work out and you can't come to a to a reasonable contract extension with Christian Wilkins, if Christian Wilkins has another big year this year, uh, like you're gonna want to address that. You're not. That's not something that you're necessarily gonna want to leave to next year if you don't have to. So again whether it's a stud linebacker, uh, whether it's a, a center, whether it's uh, a defensive lineman, whatever the position is, whoever the player is, I think if the Dolphins fall in love with the guy, then you do what you need to do to go get him within reason. I think, I think between the two of you guys, and maybe I contributed too, I don't know. But I think you've got – you got me pretty fired up about this draft here, even though the Dolphins don't have anything to do until the end of the second day of the draft, which is great. So hopefully some of these some of these people out here listening on on the podcast and watching live on YouTube, they're starting to, you know, maybe get a little bit fired up about this draft as well. And maybe they're going to sit through some things on the first day of the draft. I think it's highly unlikely we see the Dolphins make a pick on the first day of the draft. But, you know, maybe... Maybe that would be that would be nuts if if by some way we're oh. we're in the first. I, I would I don't know how happy I would be for something like that. There's not really because it would take both first round picks, probably more to jump up like more that. trouble I'm not than it that. would be worth. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not really feeling all that. Uh, I'm more interested to see what the division does. Uh, do the Jets trade for Debo? Does they do they make that happen? By all accounts, Debo Samuel doesn't want to go to the Jets from what I'm hearing. Well, um, who could blame him? I mean, honestly, exactly. Who could blame? Bro, who could blame? You know, he where he wants to be. He's made that pretty clear. He definitely yeah. wants to be down the, towards this direction. He's made. That I just don't know that there is. I don't There's know no that way. it makes financial no. sense for the Dolphins to make that move. I don't think it makes sense. Like it would be, it would be a ridiculous wide receiving core. But I just don't know that it makes it makes sense at this point. Dolphins wide receiver room is looking really good, and I mean they've already got one of the best top two wide receiver combos in the league. I and, agree. Um, and I don't know how you far could... as overkill, but I have like a little bit of a motto. I live by overkill is underrated. If you look <laughs> at how the dolphins are, are projected through uh, uh, Vegas right now, and you put Debo on this team. Now they're Vegas is putting odds on them making the playoffs. Now we're in contention on paper. Do I, do I think it might be money overspent? Maybe, but if day one comes and goes and Debo doesn't change teams, the likelihood of the Dolphins being in for the race for Debo goes to potentially number one because they have those picks in the first round. This is where he wants to be. He's made that pretty clear without coming out and saying it, wearing Dolphins colors, being in Miami, hanging out with Dolphins players and clubs, all that stuff. So I'm just saying it's something to keep your eyes on as far as in the first round goes. 
I've got a question. Go ahead. Here we go. Let's say you had to give up a first round pick, another pick later, and Mike Gesicki for for Debo Samuel. Bye, Mike. And then you've got to and then you've got to you've got to sign him though. Cause now you gotta give him you gotta pay him too. Yeah. I would take that deal because two two reasons. One, um, you know, it it'll it'll put there's not a defense out there that's gonna be okay, even if you double team two guys by some way, but you have no safeties. That means one of these three guys is either free or manned up against your worst guy. And you just paint by numbers as far as facilitating the ball and just torch people all day. You can you can say goodbye to Mike in that instance. And does it would it probably end up costing you the finances to afford a guy like Christian Wilkins maybe in the future? That's something I can see in ramifications. All the more reason to trade him alongside. Just Chris Greer to me would wouldn't mortgage the future. But no one could get, could deny what it would look like on paper going against. There's just you would right now defensive coordinators are going to have fits figuring out what they're going to do. If you put that third piece on there, they do exactly what every Tua fan of the Dolphins has been saying they want: build a Alabama offense. Everyone's like, "Well, you can't do that in the NFL." Well, you put Debo on this team. There you go. You got it. You got an Alabama offense when you measure it from paper to the defense, as you would Alabama's offense for ninety percent of the foes. That's just how it is. And to me, that does something else. If depending on what's bought and paid for it, if Tua doesn't work out, there's every quarterback that's potentially free agent or anyone worth their salt, everyone and their mother's trying to come here and take that quarterback job because of these weapons. This is how this is the new age of the NFL. Believe me, I don't like it. Is this what I want to do? No. This is not how I know how to build football. I want to build through the draft. We understand that there's sacrifice seasons and this. These guys get injured too often. They cost too much money. You got to figure out a window to tear down, build up, strike, and you got to make a three-year window. That's what you got to do. And then kind of maybe reassess. Hopefully you can get lucky through building through the draft again, but it's kind of like this weird teeter system. But it, it does it does set some and I listen, I, I we can have this fantasy all day because I think it's I think it's interesting and I think there are absolutely ways to imagine that that happens. But the, the the fact of the matter is if you if you bring Debo Samuel in, right, and this is a guy who's gonna cost you more money than Mike Kosicki, right? It's gonna cost way more than Mike Kosicki would about cost two and you. a half times. Yeah, he's going to cost you a lot more than that. So I, it's going to set you up to have a really exciting offense. But then let's not forget that you know you're you're not going to be able to pay some of these guys on the defense, and you're. I think it has the potential down the road to expose the soft underbelly of the Miami Dolphins defense if you're if you're putting so much money in at wide receiver. Not to mention, not to mention that right, at this point, if you're paying Debo Samuel as well. And let's say Tua lights it up this year with with those three guys, right? Now you're at a situation where now you've got to look at what are you going to do with Tua because you got to pay him. You got to pay him next, right? Because that's coming down the line also. So 
I, listen, we could, we could, we could do the Debo Samuel conversation, and I think there's a lot of conversation to have about it. But we've got something else that I want to talk about here on the show tonight, so I'm going to get to that real quick. We're going to do our, we're going to do our assessment of Chris Greer. But before we can do our assessment of Chris Greer, we have to talk about our very good friends at Manscaped. Nice. Now, 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 Chris, I know you're in. You're in you're in Florida, right? You're on the west coast of Florida. Have you started your spring cleaning yet? I mean, you're in you're in Florida, so it's more like late summer cleaning. Yeah, in Florida, you cannot allow yourself to get behind on your cleaning around here. You can find yourself overwhelmed in the swamp, for lack of a better term. So you need to keep yourself, your vegetation down to a minimum, have respect. Uh, you know, I'm a married man, so I make sure to be a good husband. It's important. It's important, right? And now that spring has sprung, the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. It's time to clear out your winter bush and join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code Dolphins Talk. Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The Performance Package 4.0 is the only tool you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants. There's another joke available to me right now, but I'm going to pass it over it because this is something of a family show. To start your spring cleaning, use Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shave on your hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof as well? Yes, we mm. did, because it is. And you can also clean your holes and smell the spring air with the weed whacker, you perverts. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent, prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in all of those delicate holes. We're talking about your nostrils. Okay, they've also got their liquid formulations, the crop preserver, crop reviver. It's all good stuff. It's incredible. They've got the cologne as well, the body wash, the shampoo. Take advantage of it, folks. Go to Manscaped. Com. Use the promo code Dolphins Talk. Save 20% off. Get free shipping. And the other thing is, it's still April as we're recording this. It is still t Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. And Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men age 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. God so bless him on that, man. The silent killer of men, bro. That and prostate, man. God bless him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So shave your balls, check your balls, and get 20% mm -hmm. off and free shipping with the promo code Dolphins Talk at Manscaped.com. It's 20% off, free shipping with the promo code Dolphins Talk at Manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life with Yay. Manscaped. So there it is. That's the Manscaped ad read. Got that out of the way. It's always that a, was lot a good of fun. one. Knock out of the park. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. I, you know, I only only a couple times tripped up on it, but what are you going to do? This is we, we do this live. I don't. I not in a, not doing this in. You know, doing 20, 20 takes of it beforehand and then choosing the best one. No, we do it live, baby. That's how we do it at Dolphins Talk. So, all right. Let's 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 shift our focus here a little bit away from the draft specifically and i think there's going to be some fireworks here folks so i might just set this one up and then get out of the way 
But I want to talk because I feel like this is a really great opportunity to talk about Chris Greer in general. Because I think Chris Greer, well, at least the perception at this point among Dolphins fans is that people are thrilled with Chris Greer. Whereas about a month and a half ago, everybody was all set with Chris Greer. But then he brings in Teron Armstead. He brings in Tyreek Hill. He sets the Dolphins up with a very exciting offseason. And now suddenly everybody is fully on board Chris Greer train last episode we had the conductor of the Chris Greer train Charlie Touche from Go Time Dolphins here on the show and now we've got El Capitan of the uh I guess it would be the uh, Chris Greer yacht or something yeah yeah. Or something like that not to be confused with the <laughs> right here pirate and looking for the booty right let us be clear this is not the Stephen Ross yacht that's a very different no yacht. no 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 that's on the other end of the marina so yeah that you know. we don't we, you can't get, listen because of certain things that have transpired on that yacht. We're not allowed to talk about it legally, mm-hmm. you know, so alleged, alleged yacht. Alleged, it's a legend yacht. Yeah. Yeah. Alleged, it might right. even, <laughs> yes. An alleged yacht. Um, you know, for me, I, uh, I, and back when everyone was, you know, burning down, you know, wanting to storm the castle for lack of a better term with Chris Greer going, he's, he's doing nothing, everything like that. And, Right after that, it was Tron Armstead. Then it was, you know, uh, uh, Hill, everything. To me, I never got off him. I thought, you know what? He's just playing it smart. There's probably some of these guys that are getting signed in other places and or, you know, signing with their own teams. They've probably inquired about, wanted to get here, but immediately took care of business, worked it out with Agba, which underrated signing and pass rushers for anyone who doesn't know. 28 29 30 31 that's when they go off that's when everything slows down that's when they've got all their moves they know guys they start getting matched up on younger guys and take it to them you know they become the elder statesman um Ogba, i think was you know they had priority and he really for lack of usual uh operations of chris greer he was very candid he said, listen, we want to take care of business in-house, mentioned about working things out with Xavier and Howard, took care of that business. And, of course, we want more. We always want more. We're Dolphins fans. But I think also another thing is he has to not only navigate the scouting department, we discussed this backstage, but he has an owner he has to navigate too. And we've seen tons of people come in and just they've got the money. They want to spend it. They want to justify the title, justify the job. The hard road is to do what he did and to clear out cap, maneuver the draft where we have capital. And essentially right now, although our our books look like, oh, there's no cap space and all these other things, it's really not the case. We haven't restructured or shook down anybody. There's so much more money available than people really get to understand because breaking it down in the simplest way possible, I have full faith that he has control over this roster as far as there's no more of this power struggle. There's not what are we doing. There's an actual plan, and they have committed to it. Blew this team up to the sticks try to build back through the draft any contracts they were signing were 
done in a way that they can move off because this was the year that they were going to not draft because it's a terrible draft. And I, COVID kind of threw this plan a little bit, but Chris Greer light on his feet, made it work and spent big money. And I know, yeah, some people want to say maybe it's what he needed to do to save his job. And Aaron, you kind of said that, and that can be perceived as such, but I think at, just as much as he's doing it now, I think it was always the plan to spend now. Brain, this is your chance to respond. All right. So I'm going to preface this by saying, look, I have no problem with what Chris Greer has done this offseason. I think he's having a great offseason. So I, I give him a lot of credit for it. The thing is, we haven't done anything. Like, really, we have not done anything. I said this in the last in the last episode when I was getting all excited and I was venting to my wife about how excited I am. And she said, wait a minute, have they played a game yet? And I said, well, what do you, what do you mean? She said, well, they, they haven't played a game yet. So what are you so excited about? And that's when it really hit me. Like, yeah, I do this. We do this all the time as Dolphins fans. Flashback to one year ago. Mm-hmm. Granted, we had a lot of draft picks, so we were excited about that. But everybody was excited about the product that the Dol- everybody was the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs this year. This is this is the first year that there's expectations. We came out of the gate one and seven. <laughs> we flat. We went we, we went nine and eight last year, and now you're you're going to get the Chris Greer apologists that say, "Well, that's not Chris Greer's fault. That's Brian Flores's fault." And then you're going to get the people that say, well, Brian Flores brought in some of these guys. And and this has been this thing that Chris Greer has been Teflon, where somehow he only gets credit for the good picks, but the bad picks are all on the coach and he had nothing to do with it. And I'm saying, well, he's the GM. He gets credit for all of it. And, you know, you could you could sit there and you could say, well, uh, when he wasn't the GM and Tannenbaum was in charge, then, you know, you, you can't put everything on him. But you've got people here that are Chris Greer apologists that even when Chris Greer was not the GM will say, well, Chris Greer was the reason why we found Xavier Howard and and Kenyon Drake and everything. And that's not because of Mike Tannenbaum. So it's just like they pick and choose. But the bottom line is this. The Dolphins were the eighth seed in the AFC last year. And we all are very excited. And we all believe that there's a high ceiling for this team this year. And, and I'm, I'm one of those people. I think the Dolphins, if everything clicks, can be a contender this year. Not just a playoff team, not just a team that wins a playoff game, but a legitimate contender to win the AFC. And let's face it, if you can win the AFC, you can win the Super Bowl. Look, mm-hmm. the, the Cincinnati Bengals were in the Super Bowl last year. So all bets are off. They, there is a world, and it's not like some crazy one-in-a-million alternate universe where the Dolphins can be in the Super Bowl next year. And that's very exciting. Got chills. Got chills. However, <laughs> there's also a world that many would say is even more likely – given the climate of the AFC, that the Dolphins don't make the playoffs. And if the Dolphins don't make the playoffs, now you've put yourself into a position where you basically, this is your roster. 
now granted you've got some picks next year and you can use them if ultimately you decide that it's the quarterback because I think we're all kind of in agreement if this team doesn't make the playoffs it's probably because of the quarterback but let's talk about the quarterback because this team tanked and they got three first round picks two years ago and you know Chris you you mentioned you know a lot of the Jaguars they tanked and they didn't do it right Mm. and the Browns it remains to be seen well a lot of people are saying the same thing about the Dolphins. The Dolphins yeah. tanked, had three first-round picks, and their picks were Tua, who we all have question marks on. Austin Jackson, who right, I don't, think— Don't say we all have question marks on, because Tua and on will be all up oh, in the yeah, comments. I'm, I'm, I'm staying silent. Okay, rational people all have question marks. I'm not saying he's a bad shot fired. I'm saying shots fired. We, we have question marks. If you don't have and a question you're mark, you're just being a blind homer. So no, you're like, you're you're right. There's no certainty on Tua, guys. But it's, face it, Dolphins fans, listen, we all want them to work out. I'll, I got your back, Aaron. I, I'm no I'm no apologist on Tua. I've got real eyes. I know football. He listen. Do I believe he can be better? I've seen him play better. I would like him to play better. There is questions on him. Uh, you know a lot about Brian Flores, this and that, and you know we know how that goes and stuff. And fine. I think there's a lot of good things going, though. Not just all this. You still got that honeymoon period. Even Adam Gase got to the playoffs in that honeymoon period, you know, when he came became the new guy in town. And we realized, you know, he didn't really know what he was doing there towards the end. Or I think it's a power thing, too. These guys think that they start knowing everything. A little bit of a God complex. I don't think Mike McDaniel seems to be that kind of cat. Seems to have good, you know, self-deprecation in a way. Knows how to make fun of himself, be cool chill out you know but we do have expectation and okay. i i think most importantly josh and i'll throw it to you we don't get to the playoffs heads are gonna roll yeah heads are gonna and I think, roll and here's the thing here's the thing if we don't make the playoffs it's because of the draft two years ago mm. when we had three first round picks we could talk about how what a great off season this was and it without question makes the raises the ceiling of this team and makes the team better but at the end of the day the core of this team six picks in the first 70 a couple years ago that's that's where this team was built and this team had other opportunities with Chris Greer as the GM to bring in free agents that were going to supplement those players that he drafted. And he's whiffed. Like, I mean, he's, he's been awful with his talent eval. The one thing that we'll all agree on about Chris Greer is that he's done a hell of a job structuring contracts. I'll give him that. Like he's worlds ahead of Mike Tannenbaum who had us in salary cap hell, but if we don't hit on the picks now, because we have spent the big money this offseason, there is going to be hell to pay down the road. We have built that three-year window where you've got I the think, rest I of the I think Chris Greer is insulated even now. If, if they come and lay, I don't want to say lay an egg, but if they come and miss the playoffs by winning nine, ten games and don't get in, um. To, and it'll probably be more obvious of the reasons why. Will it be Boyer, 
who's the low hanging fruit in this equation. As far as how I can see, they were trying to go get Fangio and other defensive coordinators took Boyer. Is it Mike McDaniel? Would he be the low hanging fruit? Does this offense just not work or is everyone running the offense and Tua can't make it happen? Again, Chris Greer being smart enough to insulate himself, which is savvy in its in itself. To me, the GM, as far as the product on the field, he has very little to do with the wins and losses. As much as as much as it's his job to find the talent and placate to who's, you know, I, I get it. it the head coach, you got to defer to them. And maybe he's done it at times to defer to them just to keep himself from getting the ax, but it's worked. And his scouting, his scouting <laughs> is pretty good. His scouting is pretty good. So if not for nothing as a Dolphins fan. Yeah. Would it piss me off a little bit? Yeah. But I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, um, gotta hand it to him. It's pretty savvy business moves. So, well, I, I'll say this and you've, you've kind of hinted at, cause this was where I was going at the end of this, right. Was, when Chris Greer became the general manager and Brian Flores was the head coach of the team, it was basically a given that Flores and Greer, that their careers in Miami at least, were going to be inextricably linked with the success of the quarterback that they took number five overall in 2020. That was, that was basically the understanding. Right. We know now that Greer has somehow found a way that Flores is gone and Greer is still here. The question is at this point, if it doesn't work out this season, for whatever reason, and 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 I think there is an argument to be made that if it doesn't work out this season, that that's because of you know faults in the foundation from a couple of years ago. Um, and as well as it could be the possibility of, you know, maybe Flores well, me, was really me, this great. Let me ask you this question, Hold on, Josh. hold on, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Maybe Flores is this, was this great defensive mastermind, and, you know, now that he's gone, there are problems that, the, that Boyer can't figure out how to fix on his own. Maybe that's a possibility. But if this team falls short, it falls short after – Two off-seasons where the Dolphins were loaded with picks and this off-season where Chris Greer uh, ostensibly did everything right, mm. right? Maybe not completely, but he will. There were these two off-seasons where they were loaded with picks, signed Will Fuller. Shout out, Will Fuller. Congratulations on that $10 million. You, you really did it. Um, I need that and then, job. Right? And, and, and then here we are now. So if we fall short, doesn't like don't you have to look at everything and let's also not forget you know the other things that might be down the road because of an alleged meeting on an alleged yacht in an alleged marina where again where the wild the, card you know it, and that's still something that's hanging out there you know down the road that may eventually we may have to answer for at some point as well but if it doesn't work out at what point does chris greer have to be the guy to to be held accountable well, I don't see it happening for one more year because he's well insulated himself and he hasn't boxed himself into any corner. <laughs> if if whatever whatever the reason is 
for why they fail this coming year or even fall short. Because to me, even getting to the playoffs might not save people from either a losing their jobs or players being, you know, moved off of, because this is an all in window. We've spent the money with this. This is, this is how you get down to Chinatown. You, you, you go there full in. So, I think we'll know clear, is it the quarterback? Is it the coach? Is it defensively? Where is the deficiency that's going to be the last bit? And he has two first-round picks that are sitting there. The only reason he wouldn't have those picks is because the owner and implications for potential legal ramifications. That's the only other reason where that could happen. But, once again, well insulating himself. And I would venture to say that As much as Tua is Chris Greer's pick, I think that that's Stephen Ross's pick too. And I think he fell just as in love with Stephen as much as he fell out of love in falling in love with Deshaun Watson. Because I thought it was more his push with Flores and getting pushed around in that. And Chris Greer, that's the one fault I have with Chris Greer is that he's not stern enough. He's not... He's not the kind of guy to go, listen, this is my football team. But that saved his job into only elevation. And it might see him find himself two regimes later as the GM, but which, God willing, that isn't the case, that we're still on this course and it's with championships in our future. But I don't know. That's the only thing I dislike is that he does figure out a way to it not be his fault, Aaron. And I know that's what you're pointing out but there's, there's no way to, to bog him down with future capital in drafting and then sure. vice versa, vice versa. If, if, uh, if he moves off that capital to fix these problems, he, you know, he's done some magic with those contracts. You turn around, he'll cut two or three players and go pick up. He's, he's good. He do, as far as GM goes, he provides decent talent and keeps this team flexible. And there's an actual real plan. Now, outside of, you lose Chris Greer, we're blowing this whole thing up. And that means everything. Unless you want to give all the power to a coach, which that never really works out. There's always some God complex involved in that. And I think that's a fair point. I think that's a fair point. And, and Brain, I'm going to let you jump in here in a minute. But I think, I think it's a fair point because it is basically Chris Greer has done and we said he's ostensibly done everything right. He's done a masterful job of pivoting this offseason. Because now he has basically set it up where that if two is not the guy now, for, for whatever reason, right? It's it's on two his shoulders this year. Two has got to take that step, right? And if he can't do it, then uh you know, Greer has set himself up to be like, listen, I gave this guy everything he needs to succeed and he didn't do it. So now let me go and find the next solution, whether that's trading for Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. or drafting somebody in the draft, whatever it is, he's he's setting himself up for that next pivot point. So he has done that masterfully. And to Foresight. be fair, you know, and, and to be fair, he has set this team up in a way that is really good. And I, I mean, you know, I'm not going to do my preseason projections yet. I'm going to do my way too early preseason predictions when the schedule is released on May 12th. We'll be here. We'll be talking about what the Dolphins schedule looks like. And that's where we'll predict that, you know, are the Dolphins going 12 and five this year? Are the Dolphins going 11 and six? What are we doing? How are we making the playoffs? We're going to make that 
we're going to have that conversation soon. But, I mean, as Aaron said just a few minutes ago, we were all exactly on this hype train last year, right? Last year, we were all talking about how the Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller was going to look like what Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle is going to look at this year. We've, we've been here before. But, you know, is it more realistic to be excited now? Yeah, I think so, because the offensive line is is – taken a huge step forward this year with just with a couple of Maybe. key acquisitions. Maybe <laughs> question marks, I guess there's sure. more, there's have, more heads in the room that there, we should be able to see that shake out a little bit better. Right. Aaron? But we, we should the, theoretically we should. Right? We, the mm-hmm. offensive line should be better, but I don't think it's any kind of sure thing. I think we fixed the left side, but there's question marks. Look, is, is anybody going to be shocked if Teron Armstead get, you know, misses six games? I don't, I don't think, you know, if it, and, it wouldn't shock, but it's not what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping he makes Obviously. at least at least 15 of those games. Obviously, and I'm not saying like I like the, I love the Teron Armstead pick, and I like I will say this over and over again. This has been a great off season for Chris mm. Greer. If things go wrong for the Dolphins this year, it's not because Chris Greer had a bad off season. It's because Chris Greer had a bad offseason two years ago when the Dolphins had six picks out of the first 70. Because you could talk about all you want about every, everybody could love Robert Hunt and say that was a great pick. Right now, Robert Hunt is the best pick out of the out of the, no out of the 70, out of the out of those six picks in the top 70. And he's not even a Pro Bowl. So it's like like he's the best pick out of a bunch of crap. Like we're we're sitting here, we're praising no Brandon Jones. Because Brandon Brandon Jones is a sub-package safety. He is a role-playing safety. He's not a high-ceiling guy. He was He's a decent pick as a third-round pick. He's a nice player. And then aside from those two guys, I mean, no, Raekwon, Raekwon Davis is a, is a very good Yeah, pick. I was going to say, say Ray, Ray, Raekwon Davis was pretty good in that one, That was too. a good pick. but. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you had three first-round picks, and if Tua does not pan out to be, uh, you know, at the very least a top-15 quarterback, really, if he's not a top-10 quarterback, it's probably not a good pick. But if he's not even a top-15 quarterback, then that's a bad pick. If Austin so, Jackson- what about this, Aaron? And I don't mean to cut you off, but pivoting again for Chris Greer. So at the end of the season and before Flores was fired – uh, a lot of people were talking about, you know, we need to trade to a da da da. And, you know, I entertained it. I had some fun with it too. But I think it was pretty well consensus that the trade value of Tua at the end of the year was worthless, absolutely worthless. By building this team and such, even if we do fall short, at least not for nothing, if they had to move off the quarterback or they believed moving off the quarterback was the best move in the future, his value will be exponentially higher than it was at the end of last year. His value now perceptively is higher than it was two or three months ago. I don't I, think so. I, I think you're, I think you underestimate the desperation of another fan base that doesn't have a quarterback. If Carolina goes out of this draft and they don't have an answer at quarterback, what do you think they'd give up for a guy like Tua? I don't think I don't think they're trading a bunch of picks for another team's trash. Not necessarily a bunch times in two times in two years in a row. Uh, I think they're if if it doesn't plan out for a team like I think teams are looking at next year's draft. Oh, no, they're saying and they're Mm -hmm. saying if we can't get 
like if our quarterback doesn't pan out this teams are doing the same thing the Dolphins are doing which mm-hmm. is they're sticking with their guy they're going after Deshaun Watson they're kicking mm-hmm. the tires and then when Deshaun Watson isn't there they're saying okay we're gonna stick with what we've got and we're gonna give it a year and if it doesn't pan out we're stockpiling for next year because nobody's going after anybody in this draft but at the end of the day like Chris Greer can have as good an offseason as 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 he can, as he had this year, but ultimately, if the Dolphins don't succeed, it's because of failures that he's made in the last couple of off seasons. And it's not just the first round picks in that one year. Like, I mean, that yeah, that, pick, I mean, that, that's, that that's, year they had eleven picks. They that's had kind of the cost picks. of doing business when you blow everything up and you you bring in a weak coaching staff, and even even as Brian Flores hiring a coaching staff on a team you knew was going to be dirt in in twenty nineteen, you know that was going to be hard. Uh, then, uh, as we find out later, apparently Flores is hard to work with. I don't know. That's speculatory. Uh, a lot of people. But believe who brought so. in Brian Flores? No, I, I agree. There is there is that accountability. There is that accountability. But he's again finding themselves as as failures uh, uh, at the end of next season. The best man to fix it is the guy in the building. So he's not gonna he's not gonna take any Why of the blame. He He'll the get more money because well, anything here in the futures was only available because of him. Here's what I'll say. Yeah, but if Here's he's picking I, the wrong guys every time, then all right, then Chris Greer is here to do one he's thing. Navigated a pile good. bunch of picks and then get rid of him so we can bring in somebody else to make the right picks. Because Chris Greer had a great draft, not not a great draft. He had three really great picks because the Dolphins had three picks in the first 32 and he did it right this time versus doing it wrong 2 years ago and then he completely Shit, the bed. <laughs> the I rest of the draft in trading up for getting in getting Liam Eikenberg, and then drafting Hunter Long, and completely, you know, ignoring other, not just other needs, but reaching on guys. And like I said at the at the top, when he's reached on guys, it hasn't worked. So basically, the only time it's gone well for Chris Greer is when he's done what everybody said that he should do. In which case, how does that make him a genius? I could have made those picks. I so the genius move say. is that he keeps keeping his job. That's the genius, man. Uh, I'll give thing. him that. That's the genius move. That's the he genius keeps move. blaming it on other people. And, and listen, Here. I don't need to cut you off, Josh. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up quick with this is if, if he's not GM, it's because he's become football czar and someone else is a head coach with GM powers. That's how that'll work. That's that is a very that is a very dolphins move too. To, that's to, to tell to you, that's exactly how very same him. old dolphins move. Yeah, <laughs> so, here we go. Here's what I'll say. We're in the middle of a yet another Chris Greer pivot. As a Miami Dolphin fan, that's all we've done for the last 20 years is pivot. We've pivoted from one thing that failed to another thing that failed to another thing that failed to another thing that failed. And they're constantly the same old Dolphins. My hope, I don't know that I believe it just yet, but I will say for sure that my hope is that this year at last, the Miami Dolphins will not be. The same old Dolphins. Hopefully, at this point, by the right time now. we get through this draft and we get through the rest of this offseason and we get into training camp and we get into the regular season, hopefully, at last, the Miami Dolphins will not be the same old Dolphins. And this entire conversation will be moot. That's my hope. That's what I want. Um, but the thing is, there's no football to talk about right now. 
It's the offseason. It's all speculation. So this is what we do. This is what we talk about. We all want the Dolphins to win. We all think there's a... And and I think we can all say there is a realistic expectation this year that, and we're not, like like Aaron said, and I I got chills when he said it, but I think there is a world, there is absolutely 100% a timeline that exists where the Miami Dolphins find themselves in a Super Bowl this year. It's Mm. absolutely real. Is it likely? Is it more likely than the Dolphins finishing 9-8 and again and missing the playoffs? Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. But... It's still a it's still a real possibility, and that's the thing that gets or us, us excited. winning ten games and still not getting in. You know, I mean, maybe we find another way to do that. that to be ten and seven and miss the playoffs. You know, it's it's all possible. But the fact is, in the off season, it's all fantasy. We're all speculating. We're all figuring it out. We're all doing our best to talk about what we think is the right thing to do, and whether that's supporting Chris Greer. No matter what, whether that's questioning every move that Chris Greer makes, whether that means it liking this signing and talking about it, whatever the case is, we're all in this together. We all love the Miami Dolphins, and we're all hopeful that this is the year that they are not the same old Dolphins. I want to send a big thank you to our good friend Chris Adams, El Capitan, the Finns tailgate. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you? So uh, I'm on Twitter at the Finns Tailgate. I'm also on YouTube, the Finns Tailgate. Four words, El Capitan. You can find me. Drop a couple episodes a week. Uh, got a couple of other shows that we do on there. Um, you know, try to keep up on all the good stuff. Make it fun. It's a late night show, so it is a little bit of off the rails as far as how we get down at the tailgate. But it is a tailgate party. All are welcome. There's only but a few rules and kind of like how Josh is, there's a, as much disagreement as, as welcomed. But as long as everyone plays and understands that this is, this is about love. This is about a fan base trying to work out the, the, the abusive relationship of being dolphin fans. And uh, we can commerce amongst each other f- on every which way. And Josh, I I'm having deja vu because I remember listening to you on the podcast last year before I started doing the show. And you were like, the show's same old Dolphins. Maybe we'll be here next year. (laughs) This is exactly what you said. Maybe we'll be here this time next year saying we got to change the name of the show from the same old Dolphins to something else because they're not the same old Dolphins. Fast forward a year later, we've got a completely different coaching staff and everything. dude. It's just it is exactly the same old Dolphins. We are stuck in a spiral of just round and round we go this merry ground but maybe not maybe not hope is a powerful thing thank you yes, so it. much man for coming on or, or, or having me come on i mean you know i Absolutely, really appreciate man. it and we'll, we'll, we'll have, have to get, to get you get back it. again as we get a little bit closer to the regular season uh brain why don't you tell the people where they can find you you can find me on twitter at Aaron the brain and I am, uh, of course, at Amplified to Rock. The show is at Samuel Dolphins. Every episode of the show is available at DolphinsTalk.com. So make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. We've got a Tyreek Hill jersey contest mm. going on over at DolphinsTalk.com. So if you're interested in winning a Tyreek Hill jersey, head over to DolphinsTalk.com and, and enter. And make sure you're visiting the site every day because all kinds of news and updates over there at DolphinsTalk.com. Download, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the normal places where you get your podcasts. Like this video on YouTube. Even if you're listening on the podcast, go to YouTube, pause the podcast, go to YouTube, hit like on the video, share, subscribe to the channel, turn on notifications so you never miss a live show 
from everybody here at Dolphins Talk. And we've got some coming up. I've been I've been having some conversations with Mike over on Dolphins Talk. Got some good things coming your way here on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. So make sure Excited. that you make sure that you have hit subscribe and turn on notifications because you don't want to miss out. And that's going to wrap us up. So we'll be back sometime after the draft, probably next week. Maybe 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 not next week. Maybe the week after that. Maybe we'll have take some time, do some film study on whoever it is that the Dolphins end up with, and we'll be back after that to talk about where the Dolphins go, how they did in the draft, and what happens next but until that happens take care of yourselves and each other and we will talk to you again next time bye bye everybody go dolphin